Welcome to Level 7, Episode 90. Marvel Comics, Shield Number 4, Fuel. Welcome to Level 7. A podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Hello, Agents. Agent Daniel Butcher here. Level 8. Here to break out some case files this evening. And with me is another agent. I think ready I, to inspect the case. I think I cut you off with that uh, music. Wow. You would do that. I would. My name is Ben. I'm forgiving. Ben Avery. And I'm a failure. Hey, but ben, not really. You notice, how, you notice how I did that? I got us introduced. You got us introduced? Yeah, nice, early, easy. Yeah. Unlike two, a few days ago when we recorded, it took you forever to get to our names. Well, here we are. Names have come out. We're ready to run. We're going to talk about hey. some comics, but unlike a normal comic episode, we do have some news to talk about. Yeah, I think let's do it while it's fresh. <clears throat> let's do it now. Let's do it new. Let's do it now. It's fresh. It's free. Let's do it. Shield Intelligence Report. And the news hey ben, is, I a, Daniel. I got a big rumor. Yeah, Massive oh, yeah. rumor. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing we got to talk about. A, a rumor that would blow Ricky's mind. It's a rumor that he didn't predict this. Blows a lot of people's minds, I think. Maybe. Is there is there an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. spinoff coming in 2016? Or well, 2015. 2015 yeah, I mean, it could be 2015. It, it could be as early as next fall. It could be. Or it could just be another, you know, maybe this is what the, the mid-season uh, filler would be. Instead of Agent Carter season two, it could be this. But sources have confirmed. Sources being I don't know who, but Entertainment Weekly, I believe, has the exclusive story. I think that they actually did talk to people who were in the know. Uh, that there is an order for like a the pilot episode. I mean, they're they're not they haven't ordered a series yet, but they're exploring it, and they've apparently ordered the you know the pilot episode to be written and they're exploring what would be potentially a spin-off from Agents of Shield similar to what the CW is doing with Arrow and Flash and so whatever their we, superhero team up stories are going to be called so one of our executive producers who's not in the <clears throat> Whedon family Jeffrey Bell has yes. been uh, working on this along with Paul Zabinski who's been work- who's worked on Lost and Hawaii 50 yeah, yeah. Uh, so we've got some. There's some pedigree, some cred. Yeah, yeah. There's some pedigree, so some cred, some credigree, maybe. We got TV cred. We got Shield cred. And so, you know, there's a lot of speculation already. I mean, you can't get much more vague than what they've said. Shield spinoff. By the end of this season, you'll probably know what the spinoff could be. They're not well, doing I a. Know, I know what the spinoff is. Oh, what is it? Well, um, I've got a whole list of names here. I know what the spinoff is. I know exactly what the spinoff is. Is it Agent Carter? No, no. The spinoff is they're going to take Bobby, and they're going to bring in Jeremy Renner as Hawkeye. And so Hawkeye and Mockingbird are going to be training a team of heroes who are a little quirky, but very earnest, and they want to do good. They want to be just like the (sighs) Avengers. They look up to the Avengers. And so this is Bobby and this is Hawkeye and their S.H.I.E.L.D. agents coming to help, you know, guide this group of Avengers, Avengers wannabes, who live in the Great Lakes area. That's my well, I, guess. It seems like a, a reach. A reach. Okay. All right. So here's some ideas. Let's hear them. Mac and Fitz's Buffalo Mozzarella Sandwich Star and Mac and Cheese. Okay. <laughs> um, Agents of Sword. Interesting. Okay. All right. Uh, hey Girl featuring Mockingbird and Squirrel Girl. See, that way we're both satisfied. Yeah. Who you was know, that? H- this, these are all from Facebook, right? H. Keith Lyons. Yeah. Yeah. Taking care of both of us. Um, <laughs> tequila Mockingbird, which would be Bobby drinking Mexican liquor. 
there's some good funny. ones. There really are out yeah. there on Facebook. Um, the Calvary and the Psychiatrist. Yeah. yeah. Hide in Plain Sight. Ooh, I, I, I could run with that one. I could run with that one. Deathlock. Just Deathlock. I could run with that one, too. New Humans. Mm. The Wacky Adventures of Grant Ward and Madame Hydra. <laughs> yeah, I... This is wild. Well, and I think everybody's excited, and we're having a lot of fun with it, and... Who would have imagined? Well, can I just pull something out of the bag? Something I haven't used for a while? Sure. Pull it out. Pull it out. You know, I don't know know what it is, but pull it out. ABC's got 99 problems, but Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. ain't one of them. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. I mean, it's not burning up the ratings, and I do keep seeing articles about... uh, In fact, the the article title I saw most recently was... um, Scientists' search for black hole leads them to ABC's Agents of Shields ratings, or something like that. And there's still people who are talking down the Shield, you know, and there's still people who are, you know, kind of taking glee in watching the ratings not do well. But I don't think ABC is looking at the ratings and saying it's not doing well. I think they're looking at it and saying, "Hey, I got a good thing going here. We've got a good synergy going here." Um, I'd be more interested in a Thursday night or a Tuesday night rather that consisted of a Star Wars series and then a Shield series and then whatever else they want to do while we, you and I record. But um, that that would be a lot more fun for me. Um, two <laughs> here's the only reason why, Daniel. If they have two series running concurrently, we're there. D- just settle down. Oh, we're there. But wow. <laughs> That's a lot of work, man. We, we just quit our jobs. Yeah. Hey, our wives, they might have come accustomed to things like houses and meals three times a day. But we just downsize and meals twice a day. I don't think I'm on board with you on that one. I am not on board with quitting the jobs, but we'll figure out how to make it work. If there's two Amen, brother. concurrently. Amen. We'll figure it out. But man, that's that's quite the quite the load if we're if we're doing that. So Hey, let's not borrow trouble till it's here. It's true. It's true. And we, this is not news. This is not something that is happening. Oh, there is a second series coming. They're talking about it. They're ordering, you know, like they're, they're looking into it. They're figuring it out. They're ordering a pilot script to be written. It's, it's that kind of thing. May, they may not even be that far. Yeah, and we they claim they're not going to implant a pilot episode into the season, kind of like they did with Flash and Arrow. So, I mean, this is a complete standalone. Whatever they're working on is, even though it may spin out of season two, it's not something that has to be part of season two. Right. Yeah. So... so. Mission report? Let's do the mission report. If I can get the button. Here we go. Mission report. Oh, yeah. All right, Daniel. So we've got a number of comics we're going to look at today. Um, Too got... many. I think somebody missed their deadline. <laughs> I'm not sure what happened here. It was on the schedule as a later book, you know, longer than the typical four weeks you would have between books. But, you know, that you can count in a fifth a fifth week sometimes and so five weeks between issues isn't unusual but then it like ended up another week late and so we, we ended up plans with plans and schedules <laughs> all set out so we ended up with two issues of operation sin <laughs> you remember when we were fighting about the date because <laughs> you were like no no it's coming out and i'm like no man i not. saw it <laughs> on the marvel website out. I did. So we had like five websites up at one time comparing them, and I'm like, "Dude, something happened." Yeah, it happened. well, it got funky. It did, but uh, yeah. So here we're talking about then because the primary reason for us doing these episodes is the Shield comic book that features Coulson and uh, Fitzsimmons and Melinda May. There is no Sky to be seen. There is no Ward to be seen. But there are also then a lot of guest stars from the Marvel universe the 616 universe at that so even though it does not take place in the mcu 
we are doing episodes for every issue of the Shield comic book that comes out. But then in these episodes, what might normally have become us talking about it post credits on a regular episode, it's actually just part of our regular conversation in this episode. So, Ant Man, prelude to Ant Man the movie. The second issue came out. We would probably talk about it post credits if we weren't doing comic book episodes already. And then also Avengers, Age of Ultron, Prelude, the graphic novel came out. We'd probably talk about it post-credits. Operation Sin, featuring Agent Carter, taking place in 616. We actually have two issues now that we have to cover because Shield number four was so late that, that it but allowed it's gonna be simple. two It's going to be easy. There are two issues of the Operation Sin. So Here's the thing. Here's the thing. These are all MCU-related not all of them are necessarily part of the MCU. Ant-Man and Age of Ultron that we're going to talk about today are part of the MCU. S.H.I.E.L.D. and Operation Sin both feature characters from our TV shows and movies. And and as S.H.I.E.L.D. number four has, right there on the front, inspired by the hit TV series. Yeah. So that's why we're doing these comic episodes. I'm enjoying these comic episodes. If we didn't have the S.H.I.E.L.D. series proper like this... Well, we go back to doing post-credits and much shorter. But Yeah, so we're going to start with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, well, just S.H.I.E.L.D., I should say, number well, four. Let's and do then... a reminder real quick. Oh, yes, the comic go ahead. episodes were a little bit different because we don't believe that many, as many of you have seen the comics yet than have seen the TV show. So we're going to be a little bit more careful with spoilers with the comics. Yeah, yeah. TV show, Out the Gate. As soon as we start talking about that episode, we start we're, – we're spoiling it. We probably should give more warning to that. But uh, we're – yeah, we assume you've seen the episode. With these, we are actually hoping to recommend or not recommend that you check these out. And, and so we're kind of assuming, I think, more so than just a lot of you haven't read it. We're kind of gearing the episode toward people who haven't read it, I think, to say this is the kind of thing that's happening here. We'll discuss a little bit of the themes and stuff. But then, ultimately, we'll be we'll be saying, "Is it worth your money? Is it worth your time?" That might be a good way to to do a, you know, how they do five stars or thumbs up, mm-hmm. thumbs down. It might be a good idea to like change it to, a, "Is it worth your money?" That'd be the highest recommendation. Is it worth your time? That's a closer to you know a closer recommendation or a mid level recommendation. Or is it not worth anything? And can I throw in another option? Sure, sure. Trade it. As in, when it's traded, or wait for the trade. Then the trade might be a better option in some cases. Okay, is it worth your money now? Is it worth your money later? Is it worth your time at all? Or is it not worth anything? How's that sound? Yeah, it works for me. Let's okay. try these out. All so, right. tell me about Shield Number Four. Shield Number Four. Which, by the way, hey, before you even get to talk, sure, I, the cover's really been growing on me. It's kind of a cool cover. It's got uh, it's got Sue Storm on the front from the Fantastic Four. And she is by a concrete wall with barbed wire uh, coils up on top of it. Uh, There's a shadow being cast through her. Kind of cool effect because she's invisible. And I love the sign. Of a man with a gun. And the sign says, trespassers will be shot. Survivors will be shot again. (laughs) And I think think it might be the sign that keeps getting my attention. Well, But it's really been crazy. This cover's grown on me the last few days. Here's the thing about that sign. It's not actually in the issue. I know. I know. It's it's a fun cover. It is a fun cover. All right. Cover. Tell, me, tell me about the And issue. it sets the tone. It sets the tone. Issue is, it's a mission. It's a team up, just like the usual uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. comic up until this point has had, has featured uh, a, a superhero character that Coulson and maybe more are teaming up with. And in this issue, it's Coulson and Simmons who are running a mission and they need Maybe an on agent. the bus what get me off the bus <laughs> may's not in the book she's can't, the bus she's so far off the bus that she's not even in the book um so basically colson and simmons they're talking through who can they use for this mission and uh this is where we get into some of the themes of what's going on right here on the first page um she's uh, colson's reading about uh sue storm or sue richards rather the Invisible Woman, and Simmons is reading over his shoulder, and he says, don't do that because I don't want you to know this information. And then she counters with, and I'm quoting here, knowledge is power, right? And he says, yes, but information is a weapon, and I don't like using weapons against our allies. 
She says, unless you have to. And he says, especially when I have to. I like that little exchange. That kind of sets up the tone for what we've got going on here. And that is Coulson, the planner. He knows things about these superheroes. And it's information that he doesn't want to use, but he might have to use. And and that's something that does pop up in this issue. He goes to visit Sue Storm to bring her in on this mission. And the mission is to bring, uh, to basically rescue someone from Hydra. <laughs> He's in a giant pit in the middle of a base. And so to get in the base and then to go down way far down into the ground, into this pit, in order to do that, he needs someone who can create force fields to protect themselves from radiation, but who could also be invisible and actually go down. And basically, um, Sue Storm is the perfect person because she can not only create the force fields, she can not only turn herself invisible, she can also fly some and, and all that. So she gets... She goes down. She goes on the mission. She's in there alone. And Coulson and Simmons are, or, or Coulson rather, is on radio. He's you know giving her information. She's he's listening to what she's saying, and and he's kind of giving her you know the the information and the the strategy that she needs in order to succeed. She goes down, and she's going to rescue the guy. Things go wrong. There's a supervillain down there that they weren't expecting. And then there's a whole bunch of other things that happen that really cause a lot of problems for her. One of which actually requires her to perform surgery. Basically, but she's not qualified. No, it's basically it's, it's, a, it's a riff on the whole sitcom idea where the main characters from your sitcom are flying a plane and the pilot passes out. And so now they have to land the plane and they're giving them instructions over the radio. And so what happens is she gets a bit of knowledge. Coulson uses some knowledge to help her out. And, well, you know, I, you can guess oh, there's a well, happy ending, well, but yeah. but how and why? Well, maybe there's not. And maybe it's getting there. Instead. I mean, Well, but here's the thing. It's getting to the happy ending. Marvel characters are dying left and right, dude. That's true. Left and right right But now. this is not quite the, the, the venue for that, I think. What happens is we get to the happy ending, but what does Coulson have to do to get there? Ugh. You know? It hurts him. It does. It hurts, or maybe it doesn't. It hurts him. It does. Because he's Coulson. He's a good guy. He is. And it goes back to that idea of, of having knowledge about your allies and using that. It doesn't always feel good when you have to use a hard truth. So, so I, I wouldn't <clears throat> say that at the beginning of this episode, there are some scenes one a Coulson scene, and then one a Sue Storm scene. Mm-hmm. And especially the Sue Storm scene at the very beginning when she gets the call to come in. With her brother? It, yeah, it really feels as if, well, what is this doing here? But by the time you get to the end of the story, Mark Wade really does do a good job of setting it up for us and giving us payoffs. So there really aren't the wasted frames that you might feel like there are at the beginning. Except for one thing. I didn't feel like it was wasted when I was – the first time I read this – and. I, I didn't feel like it was wasted because it sets up character stuff. It's, hey, here's a brother and a sister. They're adults. She's an older adult, though. She has more responsibilities and, and that. But he's interest, interested in cars. And he's talking about that. And they're, they're talking together. And they're joking with each other. And so I like it because it's a character moment. It's family stuff. And that's what I like about the Fantastic Four is that is a core group of people that's a family. Those four people. Even though they're not all blood related, I mean, especially Ben Grimm, um, they're a family. And so that's what I like about Fantastic Four. When you break away from that core group of Fantastic Four, if you're going to bring anyone else in, it needs to be someone who's brought in as family. And sometimes they succeed with that, and sometimes they don't. And And even when it doesn't work, sometimes you can succeed because you're using it to make a point about how our core group of Fantastic Four is a family. So this is, to me, it's saying, hey, she's part of a team. I expected to see Ben Grimm even, maybe. But no, this is Sue Storm well, and, on and her one solo point, mission. She does name drop him. She, she name drops Ben and Reed. Right. She says you, you, we could get their help. But it turns out she's been doing missions for S.H.I.E.L.D. on the sly every so often without Reed or Ben or Johnny even knowing. They just think she's and going I out shopping. like that. Yeah. This is a fun little element. And, and here's one of the things I like about it. Um, the Age of Ultron miniseries has nothing to do with the movie that's coming up. Sue Storm is really like a key character 
she she's one of your through characters that's going through this adventure and trying to solve this problem of the Ultron situation. And you do get the sense that, you know, she is a tough, hard, strong woman. Where a lot of times when you think about Sue Storm, probably because of some of the earlier stuff, uh, even some of the movies sometimes, you get the sense that she's very, very, well, she needs the men sometimes. Yeah. Early Fantastic Four, she's defined by the men around her. She is Reed's girlfriend who happens to have powers, but she doesn't even always get to use them. There are times when you're reading an old issue of Fantastic Four, or me anyway, and I'll be thinking, why is she not doing this? She's She's got the power set. Lately, though, she has grown into her own in the Marvel Universe to become not necessarily a mover or a shaker, but someone who has purpose and someone who has uh, – she has her own – life and she has she makes her own choices but nicely it also fits in from what i've seen it's not every single thing because i haven't read every single thing but what i've seen when it works well is that she does her own thing she is a part of big events she's able to help by being her she's not helping by being supportive to the boys she's being her but then it's a good marriage too. It's a complex marriage. Well, he's the worst husband in the Marvel universe. I would I would say he's not. I would he's say a horrible husband. I would say he's not a great husband, but I'd also say <laughs> Daniel, War. neither am I. Civil War. Um I'm just saying that when and, it's, and when you talk about, you know, when it's done past, well, she's good on her own and good with him and that's the way to me marriage is. But when you think about the again the early stuff, the early Kirby and Lee stuff, which by the way I'm reading some early Lee stuff in the X Men right now, and every time there's a dinner, Jean Grey is the one delivering the dishes. Yeah, I'm just saying, yeah, most powerful mutant in the world, and she's the one serving them coffee. Um, but yeah, in this sense, it's the boy who's serving her because Coulson picks her, not the team, and it's her that she needs, and. He is in support of her. So it's in a very nice flip of the fact that, again, Sue has been marginalized in, in past at times in, in comics. And the other thing that I really like about it is, is you really do get the sense that Sue the mom, Sue the good wife, Sue the good sister, she's been doing these S.H.I.E.L.D. missions on her own because it almost is filling a need that she has. And adventuring on her own need. Because, again, the other three aren't part of these. It is Sue's missions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if I was just reading through these S.H.I.E.L.D. comics with no knowledge, with no deeper knowledge of the Marvel Universe, and I would come to this one and be, oh, she's the one who's in the Fantastic Four and she's married to the stretchy guy. You know, If that's all I knew, I would read this and I would say to myself, this is a great character. This is a great character. And Coulson is part of selling her as a great character because he's coming to her. He's asking her for help. He's saying, this is a mission only you can do. And when things go bad, she needs help. Primarily, she needs knowledge for help. But she's put in a really tough situation, and he's there as her backup. And he's there to say, you can do it, and give her the encouragement that she needs, give her the kick in the seat of the pants that she needs to actually get through and you also see you know you brought up the fact that she's a mother as well and she is she is and part of her character early on that they've retained some of and i'm glad they've still kept it is that she is a nurturer too she does these things because she cares and that's what gets her in trouble at the end is that she cares and she wants to help so there's there's good stuff going on here. I like the character. I like the, the adventure. And for me, I was reading it, and it just made me smile. The climax, which is an incredible usage of her powers and an incredible, as far as the writer goes, putting her in a situation where she has to use her powers and she's stretched beyond the limit of her power. and It just makes me smile because this is what I want to see. Superheroes trying hard to do good. So, based on our levels of recommendation for this issue, I would say this is worth your time and your money. 
And I would agree, worth your time and your money. Uh, my only real concern about this, again, and I expressed it last time, is this is a shield book. I want Colson's team. Simmons very, very marginalized. Fitz not even around. May still on the bus. And we don't know where the bus is. So if you're expecting to see Tuesday night be reenacted, that's, that's not happening. What we're seeing here with these four issues is it's a Colson team up. The supporting characters may show up, but they may not. Yep, and it's been that way since the beginning. I don't see how you can be disappointed by this at this point because you know what you're getting into. I'm working through my grief. Yeah, I can see that. I could see that. But you know what you're getting into with this. This is the Marvel team-up book. It's not Spider-Man teaming up with you know whoever the the hero of the month is that he's going to you know go on a mission with. It's Coulson. And that's what makes this fun for me, though. Coulson hanging out with people in the 616 universe, in the comic book Marvel universe. These are things we, we can't see on TV because we can't... Fantastic Four, that's that's not with Disney anymore. I mean, they, But there's a, there's a reason, though, that Marvel Team-Up had over 100 issues. It's because it's a fun concept. And this is fun. And this is fun. And it's very much copying that concept. And so, I mean, in spite of your your disappointment in it not featuring the team so much, um, I, would you agree that it's these four issues Again, have been worth fun? Worth your time, worth your money. Yeah. So I, 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 yeah, I think we should move on then to Operation Sin. To watch this. This is how it gets done, buddy. Okay. We're going to do both Operation Three, Operation Sin Three and Four simultaneously because of the uh, because of the publishing date snafu. And just let me start off with Operation Sin number three. The cover? Another cover that lies. <laughs> because I'm pretty sure when I look at this cover, I'm seeing a dance line. Well, you're not. I, I see the Russian girl. I see the bear boy. I see Howard. I see Carter. It looks like a dance line. And there is no dancing in this issue. Well, here's the thing, Daniel. If you were looking at the preview for this cover from issue two that says next case number three run for your lives i would agree with you it does look like a dance line and when you mentioned that that was just really really funny to me the problem was what was else you know the other thing that was funny to me daniel was that when you then tried to take the cover as it appears on the actual issue which cuts off half of the team at the knees so it doesn't look like they're doing a kick line and they have uh, the barcode over the other half of the group at the knees. It just looks like they're all going like, good job, and tossing their fists down, you know? like uh, And, that, uh, and that's another job. lie, because none of them ever say, good job. No, but here's what was hilarious to me, is you were trying to tell me that you went to your comic shop, and you're like, hey, looks like there's going to be a chorus kick line or whatever. You tell this to your comic shop owner based on the cover of number three it's just the joke's not there daniel and i had to yeah. laugh that you and actually it failed. it failed horribly yeah that's what laughed but he's I, kind of a hipster so well he, you know he's kind of above it i am just saying that so i agree with so, you but only in the original artwork the way it so, appeared on here it ruined your joke man i'm so sorry so this is easy <laughs> three and four are really easy to summarize and combine together well let's get it then because basically they're bridged together in my mind um our team of Peggy, Howard, and Woodward McCord are in northern Russia. They're following a lead on a possible alien, let's call it incursion just for fun. Okay. Um, and they're teamed up with a young Russian who may or may not be affiliated with the KGB, young lady. Mm -hmm. uh, almost a young Russian Peggy Carter. And now we have Bear Boy. Um, yes. So we, we have a young boy who is a shapeshifter who turns into a bear. Yes. So in this issue, um, our team of five continue to try to chase down this alien presence. And uh, Bear Boy leads them to a location where they find a ship. And I won't go too much into it, but it's very cleverly camouflaged. Mm -hmm. And then once they have the ship, they're pulled to a secret base that is, and I'm going to say it because of issues four cover, a Hydra base. So we've got Peggy fighting Hydra again. Meanwhile, in the background, we uh, we have some character stuff going on. 
Um, we ha- continue to have this tension between McCord and Peggy about methods mm-hmm. um, because McCord is very much uh, with his job as the man on the wall. He's very much a let's kill it all. If it's an alien, it needs to die. If it's strange, it needs to die. And Peggy talking about finding another way, probably inspired by a World War II boyfriend, Captain America. And then we're also getting a lot of tension between McCord and Bear Boy because McCord, again, doesn't like strange things. Um, so he's very mis- distrustful of Bear Boy, especially since he never actually got to hear, hit Bear Boy when he was a bear. So we never got a, you know, punch to a bear. <laughs> Unfortunately. So that's kind of how we got ripped off in issue two, guys. Yeah. Um, so that's really what it is, is, you know, they're continuing chase to find this alien presence, finding Hydra, fighting Finding Hydra and fighting Hydra. So, and Hydra, I really do feel like in this month's episode, is almost a theme that's going to keep popping up. Um, but that's really what's going on in these issues. Now, yeah. I will say this. Issue three, when we get to the the opening where they kind of break down uh, who these people are, it's uh, the second page, uh, first page with, with panels. Um, we get... I found myself really, really laughing as we were kind of getting reintroduced to each one of these uh, characters in issue three because they uh, – Catherine Inman gives us kind of a funny little thing about each one of them. And I kind of felt like I was in a really good mood, but it never really came back to the humor piece. Yeah. You know, what's nice about this – I mean the joke on that page, it's kind of a, a little bit of an experimental kind of thing with the storytelling and – uh, what's nice about both issues is there is some experimental storytelling going on here with the panel layouts and with the uh, the way the story is presented to you. I like the stylized storytelling. It's straightforward enough that it's easy to follow, but it's not it's not just dry and it's not confusing. So, um, yeah, I I like I, I like both these issues. I haven't issue one and two haven't impressed me. Uh, and, and didn't really engage me with issue three and four. When you start seeing what some of the stakes are and you start, you start to see some of these, some other characters who are brought in. I wish that some of these characters who, um, became important in three and four here. I wish that we had seen them earlier. I wish that. Are you talking about the aliens? I am. And Vanko. (laughs) Yeah. We have, we have Anton Vanko. We do. Basically being used as a Hydra slave. And so this is where, you know, these these issues, this is where I might say my, my rating for Operation Sin is probably going to be um, worth your money but later. Uh, it There's only one more chapter of Operation Sin, and that's issue five. And based on the four issues we have here, the first two didn't really capture me. The, sa- the, the last two so far have captured me now. Well, and so and I'm I'm, be- I'm in. I like the twists. I like when we're finally getting revelations about what's going on. I just wish I wasn't confused for two issues. And I do think, and I'm going to be like you, worth your time, worth your money later. Uh, these are four dollars a piece, five issues. It'll be twenty bucks. It's twenty bucks if you're buying it like we are on a weekly, on a monthly basis. Yeah, this trade's probably going to be. 10 12 bucks probably or maybe, maybe, maybe even 15. a little less with some discounts maybe but it's and if you can get this at the library or some something but, like but, that but, or on I, on uh, uh marvel uh unlimited uh definitely worth your time these are this is a fun read and if you are a fan of agent carter the character as we have her in the mcu this is a, this is a fun read now my question for you woodward mccord you've in our last episode, seeing a little hesitant about him. How are you feeling about him now? Still don't care too much about him because I just don't know much. Of, I, I don't know him. He just shows up and he's a mystery to me. And they never they never explain it to people like me who have, have not read anything with him in it. And again, this is probably his sixth and seventh appearance. Um, so he's, you mean he doesn't ever? have a big publication history. Actually, maybe not that. Four issues of this. One original sin annual, one original sin appearance where he dies. So, I mean, this is like his sixth appearance. 
I have no idea but who I, the guy is, and I'm four issues into a, a series that features him pretty heavily. Well, but but I would say if you you had the annual, you would understand a little bit better why if you're an alien, he just wants to kill you. And that is definitely a motivating factor for him. <laughs> definitely. And it is kind of cool to see this guy running around in the 50s with a jetpack. I'm glad that they got him out of his what I'll call his peasant garb, and we're seeing the jetpack. All right. Are you ready for uh, Avengers Age of Ultron prelude? Oh, I'm going to sit back on this one, buddy, and, and listen to you, and then I'm going to tell you my story. Well, here's uh, what Avengers Age of Ultron prelude gives you uh, in a nutshell. Have you seen the Avengers? Daniel? Have you seen yeah, the Avengers? Ben. That's, that's I, the I, first half of this book. I was literally sitting back and relaxing, so I was really far from the mic. Oh, well, that that provided a problem for my joke then. <laughs> um, it reprints the uh, Avengers uh, two-issue series that they did, similar to the Ant-Man Prelude series that we're getting into. Basically, the first movie of a series, you get a prequel in the comics that come out, that, that go along with it. But if you have a, a movie coming out that had another movie before it, the graphic novel, the prelude graphic novel, is going to have that movie in it. It happened with Iron Man. Iron Man 3 Prelude includes Iron Man 2, the graphic novel. <laughs> and the same thing with uh, Captain America the Winter Soldier. Captain America the Winter Soldier Prelude has the adaptation from Captain America the First Avenger. Well, that's what this one is. So the first, well, maybe the first quarter of it is Avengers Age Voltron. You do get an original story, though. It's not very long. It's about... It, it's a short, regular issue. I actually didn't count the pages. Maybe I should. But um, it's called Avengers Age of Ultron Prelude, The Scepter's... The Sceptered Isle. And Isle is spelled I-S-L-E, not Isle like a grocery store aisle. And you get a whole bunch of flashbacks to uh, the movies. And then you've got Agent Mark Smith and Agent Nicholas Cooper, and they're taking a look at the scepter and then winter soldier happens basically and so what you get is the story of the scepter loki's scepter and that leads into giving us a little bit of background about quicksilver and scarlet witch and so while other events from the movies are happening and you're getting references to, you know, Winter Soldier and your references to Avengers, you're also getting a little bit of backstory about Pietro Maximoff and Wanda Maximoff. The problem is this I, I, I part of me wishes this story didn't exist. The background that it gives us of the those two characters, it felt kinda I don't know. Not existed, thin, not there. Thin and and anticlimactic. Uh, you know, on our show, we're watching all these Inhumans happening and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And so how do uh, the Maximoffs get their power? I'm not going to spoil it for you, um, but you could probably guess. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. Well, I, I my, okay, so here's my story, man. Okay. I read it today. Oh, you did? At, How? At Barnes & Noble. Oh, nice, nice. When we last talked about it, you suggested that I not buy it, but perhaps go to a lending library <laughs> called a Barnes & Noble. Well, there you that's have it. I, <laughs> uh, that's what I did today. And I found this story incredibly thin. I found, found it not really... I mean, hinting, but not really explaining the twins and how they got their powers. Um, it really kind of felt like, hey, we need to connect the qu twins to the scepter. So let's take a bunch of stuff that people have already seen, put it into a comic, and then make some vague, vague comments about the specter and the scepter and the twins. Yeah. So I was very unimpressed, and um, I would say uh, not worth your time, not worth your money. I'd say almost worth your time. My my thing is, and I don't want a Monday morning quarterback this, and I don't want to, you know criticize someone who I don't know what kind of constraints they gave the writers here but I wish that instead of just following the scepter that maybe we could follow the agent who you know stole the scepter and and follow that agent the whole way through but instead it just kind of jumps around and it only follows the scepter and stories that follow an, an inanimate object can work if 
the people around the object have their own interesting mini arcs. And this just is, is not what happens here. It, so it's part of the MCU. If you're a completionist, you'll want to read it. But don't buy this graphic novel because it has an original MCU story that you don't get anywhere else. However, I would recommend that this graphic novel that I'm holding in my hands could be worth your money. Partially because – well, no, not partially because. Because of the reprinted material in the back. You get Vision – his first appearance in Avengers number 57. And it's a two issue arc 57 and 58 that gets into vision and also gets into some of the background for Ultron and some of visions connection to Ultron in the Marvel comic book universe. You also get, um, Avengers number 21 from a more recent series, 21 and 22 that has the Avengers fighting Ultron as well. And then you have, the, the least interesting one to me being the Avengers 20 or Avengers 12.1. Um, and it, it's well, it's okay. It's good enough, I guess. But there were three issues of good comics that I really, really enjoyed in this. No, not three, four issues that I really, really enjoyed in this. My guess is that those issues that I enjoyed are probably also on Marvel Unlimited. Oh, I don't imagine. So, I, I mean, I'm holding this in my hands right now as a book, and I don't feel like I've wasted my money spending the, I think I spent 11 or 12 bucks on FYI, it. Amazon, it has a rating of 2.3 out of 5 stars. Yeah, that sounds about and right. It, and, and a lot of the reviews, okay, there's only three reviews, talk about the fact that there's not a lot that's original. Yeah, but that's what so these if you're gonna, are So if doing. you're going to buy it, you need to buy it for the classic stuff. Yeah, that's the thing. This book here, it gives you background from the comic book universe about characters who are prominent in the Marvel universe in, in the coming up movie. And so I'm excited about the Ant-Man collection that's going to come out because I'm excited about what old material they might put into it. I've already ordered it. I've ordered it from Amazon. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting it and holding it in my grubby little hands and reading classic Ant-Man stories. Well, shall we speak of Ant-Man? Well, let's do it because we have already read two things that are going to be in that graphic novel. Ant-Man Prelude number one and Ant-Man Prelude number two. All right. So are you ready for a very long summary of Ant-Man Prelude number two? Let's hear it. Hank Pym sneaks into East Germany to steal back stolen Hydra materials. Then he fights a bunch of people. And... We're good. You're not going to spoil the ending, I see. No, good. no, no, I'm not going to spoil that the ending. That was close. But, I mean, really, this is, he sneaks into East Germany and he fights. Yeah. And it's pretty straightforward. It's his first mission. Yep. It's his first it, mission and that's the value. And it's not Lang's, it's Pim's. So, I mean, the, the nice is, thing yeah. is. It's Michael the nice Douglas. Thing, the nice thing that this thing does is we're not going to get, my guess is, an origin story of Hank Pym in Ant-Man. This makes it clear that Hank Pym was very connected to S.H.I.E.L.D., specifically Peggy and Howard, and that also he was a little paranoid with S.H.I.E.L.D. because Howard wanted other people to use the Pym particles. And Pym was holding them for only him. If they were going to be used, he was going to use them to keep them from keep the science from being abused. And he's very, very concerned about keeping science from being used for evil, evil purposes. Yeah, and that's a good so, theme right there, Daniel. Nice, nice pointing that out. So, so I do think you know when we talk about Prelude, you know we've got a little bit of a story for those who are interested in Hank Pym, because we're not going to get that in the movie. But we also because we we saw this, we would have reasons to understand why he would be very protective of the Ant Man technology, and why he might have a history with Shield. And I will say, because of that, those, that very reason, if you are a fan and you're listening to a podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe, so you're a fan. If you are a fan, you're probably going to be interested in reading the Ant-Man prequel 
that comes in these two issues, but really only if you're interested in Ant-Man the movie. If you're if you say to yourself, I'm I'm kind of excited about that Ant-Man movie, you'd enjoy reading these two issues. Definitely worth your time, possibly worth your money later. I wouldn't get the two issues from And I would say from like worth this, your though. time, but not worth your money. I would borrow this from the library. So that's that's our four our four titles, our five issues. Man, that was a lot. That was that was. So my my thoughts on this month is Hydra. Wow, <laughs> they're getting some press. <laughs> Every one of these Hydra. Everyone. Yep. Yeah, Hydra's in right. every one of these. You are correct, sir. Yep. Now, the so one I th- did find that interesting that it was a connecting connecting tissue between them all. Yeah. Now, Daniel, next issue of Shield. The mission is called Seeing Scarlet. What? Yeah. That's, but there's a movie in May. The month that this comic comes out is also the month that a movie comes out. And, and somewhere and so, somewhere in Top's headquarters, Michael Eisner rubs his fingers together and goes, <laughs> Synergy. Yeah. Shield number five features Scarlet Witch. Brilliant. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah, that's kind of cool. All right. So, well, do you have anything else to say, sir? Well, I did read Howard the Duck number one and two. I don't have much to say about them. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. They were supposed to be a tie-in to the MCU. I must have missed something as I was reading. I'm going to have to go back and reread because I didn't see it the way that they seemed to promote it. Well, maybe that was somewhere else. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. So, are you ready to wrap things up then, Daniel? Yeah, I'm good. Again, Agents of Hydra this month. Yeah, it's good. So, thank you, everyone for listening and you know sometimes you just got so much comics and you're just feeling really really overwhelmed and daniel i i have to say i am going to look to you whenever i'm starting to feel overwhelmed i'm going to look to you as team leader and me as you know just as as the team the the team support and so when i'm feeling really down I'm, i'm gonna have to ask you as the work piles up on my shoulders if you have a motivational speech, boss, now's the time. Oh, the music's not ready. <laughs> if you have a motivational speech, boss, now's the time. You're so unprofessional. Thank you for listening to Welcome to Level 7. We'd love for you to join the conversation. You can leave us a voicemail at one seventy seven fifty five the word level, and then the number 7. That's one seven seven five 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 three eight three five seven. You can also like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash welcome to level 7. 7 is spelled out. Follow us on Twitter where we are level 7 pod. 7 is spelled out. Or email us directly, feedback at welcome to level 7.com. 7 is spelled out. Visit our website, welcome to level 7.com for news, reviews, and links to our RSS feeds. Our theme music is The Light Fantastic by J.S. Earls, jsearls.bandcamp.com. And again, thanks for listening. Welcome to Level 7 is a member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast, get productive, theorize over TV shows, and laugh, and more at noodle.mx. Ben, I'm confused. Why? You read the Howard the Duck thing and it wasn't a tie-in? Yeah. Because I read a Howard the Duck tie-in to Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy last night. You did? What was it? Well, here, let me read the line to you. You can be right back in the collector's trophy case, Duck. Just say the word. Yeah, no, they did that in the they did that in the comic. They had them in the collector's trophy case, but I didn't see the connection to MCU. And I, I must have been reading it too fast or just not catching yeah. it, but... That's pretty clearly Deadpool saying, hey, MCU exists in the short story, One Night Only. Deadpool roasts the Marvel Universe. Wait, what? Uh, yeah, Mar- 
the last episode of Deadpool? Deadpool dies. The death of Deadpool. Yeah, episode, uh, issue two two hundred and fifty. Or 45, depending on how you're cutting it. There's an entire roast of Deadpool in here, and the MC's Howard the Duck. Okay. Well, it, one of the participants is Nick Fury. And the other, another participant is Nick Fury, Fury Jr., who's not even sure why he's there. Um, I did find this line interesting. Um, kid, I was you before you came along. That's Howard to Deadpool. So apparently Howard was the original Deadpool. Thoughts? I would say that the, there's a possibility there. There's there's some, yeah, yeah. I could see that. I, I mean, so, as far as what Howard the Duck did as meta commentary on comic books. So I'm going to just say this now. So this last issue of Deadpool, mm-hmm. nine ninety nine. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't buy it. Well, you wouldn't have bought it if it was ninety nine cents. But nine ninety nine, and for some reason, I have no problem spending nine ninety nine on the Deadpool comics because they seem to make me laugh and have big payoffs. But, Ben, I'm telling you, Deadpool has been Deadpool and the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He truthfully has Agent Adsit, Agent Preston, huge in these. I know you don't know who they are. But Coulson, there's an entire short story that's kind of like a S.H.I.E.L.D. sitcom. It's called, uh, oh, I lost it. It's basically the family S.H.I.E.L.D. And it's about Agent Preston's family. And uh, Coulson comes over for game night. Come on, man. Good stuff. Game night. I am definitely going to trust you on this. He comes over for game night. That's great. That's fun. Coulson, I'm sure. But it's also a Deadpool comic, so I'm just not going to read it. And Howard's really mean. He is. The duck. He's a mean guy. He can be anyway. But yet caring. Yeah, he he's just he calls it like he sees it, and he he's sarcastic. But yeah, and I'm just gonna say this: the death of Deadpool lives up to its name. Good spoilers, and he'll be back after Secret Wars. Yeah, but he is dead. At least that much. I mean, I, I at least know. I don't know. I don't think why they've announced the Deadpool title for after Secret Wars. But Daniel, you know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, I mean, you, you say he's dead. I don't know what that means. I don't know if it means that he's dead, but he is now walking around as a dead zombie. I, I don't nope. know. Okay. I mean, I'm just saying. So maybe he's still around, but he's not alive. And so he'll be back then for Secret Wars and after Secret Wars because of, of that. Or maybe he actually is dead. And like Wolverine, he'll just be back after Secret Wars. I, I don't know. Uh, Daniel, I, I just... I'm just telling you, if you like S.H.I.E.L.D. and you like the funny, Dugan has done a fantastic job writing Agent Coulson. And I'm just saying that I almost regret doing this podcast because I know I'm going to have to do an episode about a Deadpool movie. High five. I don't high five that. (gasps) I didn't say hot mess.